Back in 1972, Richard Nixon ended decades of a standoff of sorts with China and went to China for meetings as the president of the United States with the Chinese leaders. And, you know, there have been meetings between the U.S. and China over the years since. But today, a lot made of the meeting between the two leaders, the two presidents of China and the United States, um, Joe Biden and, uh, and Xi Jinping. A um, lot of talk about what this was going to do. Well, they met for three hours today. Was it a historic meeting? Well, let's bring in Elliot Tepper, who is the Emeritus Professor of Political Science with Carleton University, who joins us now. Thank you for doing this today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Good afternoon, Scott. There are so many issues going on right now involving China and the West. Uh, if, you, if you're the president of the United States, where do you even begin with the discussions? First, you have to have a discussion, and that's the historic nature of what we're talking about today. This is an actual face-to-face, in-person summit meeting between the two most important powers uh, on the planet. They uh, agreed to meet, and they agreed to, in this case, right off the top, suggest what is needed here is a way to manage the relationship. Will there have to be, uh, will there be an inevitable war between the two powers? That is the status quo power, the current leader of the world, that is the U.S., and a rising power. This is historically a recipe for for war. And this is how major wars start. But these are two no- nuclear-armed states. They are both advanced uh, powers. So what was going on today was, first and foremost, an effort by the two sides to say, we wish to manage this conflict. Uh, Joe Biden was very explicit about it. We will con- We will compete a lot but we will not uh, go into conflict as a result with China. And China, in turn, responded by saying that um, we have no intention, and they put it in the kind of the historical context I just mentioned, we have no intention to upset the existing status quo, nor interfere in the internal politics of other states. So this was right off the top a way to reassure each other that the world, and they each said this as well, the world expects powers such as us, the major powers, to find a way to manage the relationships. And that was the kickoff for a more detailed and, um, as they put it, candid discussion, which means it was pretty rough. Elliot, with, with that last comment, though, where you say that, where they're not going to imp- get involved or interfere, is that even remotely plausible? We've had a series of stories here in Canada over the last number of weeks about them funding candidates to run for office in, in our federal government to be able to impact on what our government does to benefit China. We've had stories of police stations being open to arrest dissidents. Right. It doesn't sound even the least bit plausible that they when they say something like that. Yes. Joe Biden, in effect, was telling uh, China, we know what you're doing. Stop doing it. Uh, he didn't put it quite that way, but that was uh, part of a subtext of the text. Uh, the behavior of this superpower as it has emerged, that is, how it emerged and how they behave now that they are un- clearly a-, a superpower. That's why this summit was so important. Uh, the world does expect China to behave differently now. Uh, Joe Biden was delivering that message. China, uh, let's talk about what good, I think, did come out of this. Uh, the, two, the two states agreed that they had to find a way to manage and not go into conflict. 
They also did something very important, I think. They agreed to reopen communications at all levels in order to deliver the kind of message that you just alluded to. If Joe Biden and the West wants to deliver that message, you have to be able to talk to China. China had broken off a lot of the normal lines of communication between uh, the two states at the time of Nancy Pelosi's visit not long ago. Uh, this uh, is now being reopened. They're now going to set up working groups. The Secretary of State of the United States is being sent to Beijing to follow up immediately after this. I think something else very important that came out was a, a statement by the two states, that is China and the United States, directly relating to Ukraine, that nuclear wars cannot be won and therefore they cannot be fought. This was a message from China as well as the U.S. Mm. to uh, basically stop talking about nuclear war. It's a bad thing. So there are some positive things to come out of it. Will yeah, it but then but let me jump in for one sec, sure. though, because when they talk about war, they also said, so the, she also said, Taiwan's independence right. is not, that's a, that's a breaking point. If the U.S. were to get involved, they say that's as irreconcilable as water and fire, that that is a red line in the sand, that they will not allow the U.S. to get involved in Taiwan's independence. That seems like a an essential part of the U.S. and the West's view of how the world is yeah. to be. Yes, Xi Jinping said this is a core interest, right? Uh, a core interest in the relationship. The uh, Taiwan issue is going to be a flashpoint. What was said at the summit was Joe Biden said, we've not changed our position. Uh, we recognize what was said before that, uh, you know, the China has to, uh, we recognize that uh, the situation should stay as it is, the status quo. Basically, Xi Jinping is saying, don't encourage independence. And uh, Joe Biden is saying, well, we're not going to encourage it. But uh, he's made it very clear several times that the United States state's position is that, yes, the U.S. might very well come to Taiwan's age. Strategic ambiguity is thinning out in regard to Taiwan, and it is clearly going to be a flashpoint. Uh, just before we go, uh, one question about Joe Biden going into this. Um, in, in previous meetings, well, let me say this. Uh, there are those who have looked at Joe Biden in recent years and said this doesn't necessarily look like a man at the height of his acuity or strength. D whether that's true or not, d do you think China looks at Joe Biden as a strong leader or does it matter as long as he's the president of the United States? The position of China, Xi Jinping, is that the West is declining and the East is rising. And this is the precise juncture at which these two leaders who know each other very well, they've dealt with each other over the years and five times they've been doing these uh, Zoom meetings. So this is a face-to-face. -face. The situation right now is that Xi Jinping has a lot of serious problems at home and the United States sends a president who's newly, uh, newly empowered because of what happened. So the, in terms of the contest between democracies and autocracies, I think it's fair to say that Joe Biden does represent a very clear and vigorous representation of democracy matters, and we're going to push back against autocracy. And autocracy, in this case, re represented by Xi Jinping, did face a stronger president as a result, and he in turn is weakened at home by various internal matters. But he has also just been reelected basically for a third term, but basically needed mm -hmm. for life. It's, it's a clash of titans. Uh, I, Joe Biden has been showing, I think, extraordinary vigor. 
Uh, he's keeping up a, a killing pace of meetings uh, at home and abroad. But right now, the important thing is this relationship, which is crucial to the future of the world, has happened. Messages have been delivered. Red lines have been declared. Uh, the, um, the goal of not leading to war. Yeah, is number one there for sure. Is number one, and that's what came out of this summit. Elliot what Tepper. Happens next is another matter. We got to run. I wish we had a lot more time. Elliot Tepper, Emeritus Professor of Political Science at Carleton University. We always love having you on. Thanks for taking the time. Sure. Thank you, Scott. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think French fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.